Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Spiritual Insights with Charlotte Spicer. Spirituality and Metaphysics Talk Radio, featuring a course in miracles, dream interpretation, guided meditation, and the psychic and metaphysics free-for-all. It's your opportunity to consult with a professional psychic medium, discuss past lives, the chakras, and more. We are non-denominational, and there are no limits. Want to change your life? You must first change your mind. 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 No matter your religious structure, cultivate peace in your reality through self-awareness with an authentic spiritual teacher. And now, your host, Charlotte Spicer. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the show. If you are new to the show, Spiritual Insights airs several times each week to inspire listeners to rise above the trappings of the ego and cultivate peace in their lives through self-awareness. Whatever your interests are or what your level of exposure to spirituality and metaphysics is, there's something for everyone, including Course in Miracles, Inspiring Guests, and the Psychic and Metaphysics Free-for-All. In today's segment, we'll focus on the interpretation of dreams and symbology, and if you've witnessed something odd or interesting in waking life, I can interpret that as well. I believe that nothing is ever random, and everything we witness is a reflection of an aspect of ourselves, so feel free to call in about something that caught your attention in an eerie way, and I'll tap in and see what we can reveal for your higher learning. And our sponsor is David A. Dunn, author of Get Life Right, 10-Minute Reads. If you're interested in helping to get life-changing books into the hands of those who need it, please visit GetLifeRight.com for an opportunity to read free downloads and receive free books. Just to let you know what's coming, this week we had award-winning psychic and energy healer Joni Eisinger uh, on the air for two hours talking about sexuality and philosophy. We will do this segment again in November. She will appear on November 11th from 3 p.m. Eastern to 5, and we will be helping everybody understand various issues regarding whether it's um, reproduction or um, any kind of issues that you're experiencing, and she's a fantastic energy healer. Uh, This week we also have Shaman Rai, a psychic channel and energy healer who will appear on the third Tuesday of every month. Shaman Rai channels higher beings and archangels, and he can see the conditions of the body. So you're sure to enjoy his warm and gentle wisdom. He's really great. Uh, Dr. Bob Rosenthal appears every second Thursday of the month, so we will be discussing tomorrow A Course in Miracles with regard to the concepts of special and holy relationships. It's a very deep topic, and we'll explore that in our time together. So, today I'd like to talk about weather. I've gotten a lot of questions about different forms of weather, and of course there's myriad scenarios on the ways we can interpret weather in our dreams. And... I'm going to start there. I also want to mention that if you are interested in synchronistic events, there is a fabulous book by Anne Bollinger McQuaid called Everyday Oracles, Decoding the Divine Messages that are All Around Us. So you can certainly call me for an interpretation 
of something that you've seen in waking life. But this is a fabulous book that explores synchronicities of all types and different ways to interpret messages from nature, all everything around you. So getting to weather. When we have a dream and there is a noticeable uh, weather condition, it generally corresponds to an individual's emotional or mental state. And that can mean a variety of things. Either we are actively in fear of something happening or we're experiencing a traumatic event like the loss of a home or the loss of a job and we can have dreams where the weather will demonstrate our our deepest feelings but those dreams should also give you comfort on how to approach the situation and get you to inner peace so in addition it can also point to natural rhythms and cycles of life. For instance, there could be a lot of rain and then a lot of growth in which there's a new beginning. And just keep in mind that with every new beginning, there's generally some type of ending. So it just depends on the symbology. Universal symbols are just that. Everybody dreams um, in universal symbols, which would mean the same for everybody. And then our personal symbols would reflect our personal lives and our our true experiences and our perceptions about our lives. But I'm going to go through some various types of weather and offer you some information. Eventually, I'll have an article on this, but if you'd like to take notes, feel free. And let me basically start in the beginning. So, as I was saying, specific weather conditions often indicate particular traits, emotions, challenges, and even opportunities. Um, A lot of them point to unanticipated changes, but I'll go through each type of weather and then talk a little bit about each. If you have a question about the weather or any other dream, dial 347-934-0751. Press 1 to get into the call queue. Okay, so I'm going to start with avalanches. When we see an avalanche in our dreams, it's basically about an overwhelming experience or the breakup of some type of internal force. For instance, you could feel one minute like you have it all together and then whether you suffer from depression or you're under an extreme amount of stress, you can feel like you're kind of breaking up. So when we visualize an avalanche, it's something, it's a a bank of snow intact on a mountain and then it starts to break away. So then the mountain would then be the whole the integrated whole, and then that that one part of the self that starts to break away from it disconnects and begins to fall. So we can take this to mean that there is an aspect of yourself or your behavior or even a part of your family who is breaking away from you. And we could see this when um, children move away to college or when they get married and were frightened at their loss, that type of thing. So avalanches then would carry a lot of power because they have the ability to bury. And none of us want to be completely overwhelmed by any one scenario or emotion. So you want to take a look at what's happening in the dream, in and around the avalanche, who is involved, whether you recognize the people, which would mean this is something in your consciousness that you're familiar with, or if they're strangers or you're trying to save somebody, and that's generally a call for help and trying to help oneself or someone close to them. 
with regard to clouds, fog, or mist. If we look at these and break it down, the first thing they would denote is inability to see clearly, whether it's a cloud in the sky or like you're walking down the street in a dream and it's it's foggy and you can't see or there's a lot of moisture in the air. Let me go with different scenarios. The clouds can result in cloudy, uh, can be reflective of cloudy thinking. The fog can be indicative of not being able to get your head on straight or organize your thoughts. And the mist, because they contain water, an element of water combined with air, mist would then point to emotion mixed with thought, with air representing thought and water representing emotion. So when those two things are mixed, we might be torn between how we feel and what we think we should do about the situation. So there, that can be very indicative of anxiety due to needing to make a, a choice or make a decision. And a lot of the fear connected with that is we don't, we hope for the best, but we don't know if it's going to turn out the way we anticipate and we become attached to a certain outcome. A lot of dreams containing these symbols will generally encourage you to remain calm and trust in whatever your religion is. Just trust that the, your higher power is guiding you. And you can ask for guidance in all situations, of course. I've talked about that in other segments, and you can refer to those to get more information on that. But clouds, fog, and mist generally point to an unhealthy mix of emotion and thought, and we want to sit down, figure out our feelings, figure out what we're thinking. And the best way to do this is to write it down, whether you make a list or write it in essay format, best way to approach it is to dump your feelings out on paper. And you could type it as well. It's effective. But once you get all of your emotions out about your situation, you then want to go back and you want to read that over and over and over, whether it's on a daily basis or take a few days break and then go back and read it again. As you read it, you'll notice certain emotions being triggered. This tells you then, that there are those buttons that are still being pushed. And the best way to eliminate those buttons or those sore emotional spots that people tend to poke is to continue reading what you wrote ongoing until you can read that and no longer have an emotional response. This is how you know that the emotions have been cleared from your mind, your heart, and your physical body because the emotions do rise up from the physical body in response to our thoughts. This is where it gets tricky. So you want to do that and then clear out, exercise those emotions, get a clean emotional slate, and then choose a path, make a decision, and move forward without fearing the results. Okay, moving on to hurricanes or tornadoes. I like to divide these. I think they are two distinct things people sometimes people mistakenly call hurricanes a tornado but it's very different and here's my my reasoning behind this hurricanes are involve rain tornadoes can involve rain but they generally involve hail and that's different because of the properties of the water and I'll explain in a hurricane a huge rainy storm with a lot of wind so this would then be the higher echelon of an unhealthy mix of emotion and thought because of the severity. 
rather than a seemingly harmless cloud or a fog or a mist rolling in, we now have a very active emotional landscape where there's a lot of uh, turmoil, upheaval, emotion, and threat of destruction. And by destruction, we can point to our physical bodies, our mental state, our emotional state. It could mean like a mental breakdown or a nervous breakdown. These things do happen. Dreams of this nature could be telling you to watch out for that scenario. But more specifically in the terms of hurricanes. So you have the wind blowing. This is extreme um, levels of mental agitation, destruction, like I was saying, because when we're really agitated, our thoughts and our words can become very destructive, very hurtful, and we want to be careful that we are communicating effectively and in a healthy manner, but getting our point across and certainly setting and defending our boundaries. This is very important. Now, I've done an entire segment on tornadoes, but I'll reiterate a few of the major thoughts here. While hurricanes can point to damage of the family unit, and I'll talk further on that with other weather types, tornadoes specifically point to fear separation from a family member. It generally points to one, maybe two, three at the most. But rather than the entire family unit, it's talking about one specific person. So in general, not in every case, but in general, when you have a dream of a tornado, you will see specific persons in your life, and there may be a situation where you're afraid to communicate with them about your feelings for fear of them distancing themselves from you further. And there's, there's other people and, and personality types, so I'll go into that briefly. Generally, there's a situation you're experiencing where you may feel that inaction is the way to go because you want to keep the peace. This, however, is artificial peace because underneath you are experiencing a lot of emotions where you have things you want desperately to say or demands you want to make but feel that if you do, that it will worsen the situation. But what it's telling you is that, you know, our fears of what might happen when we communicate honestly with our loved ones, they generally don't occur as we imagine. So tornadoes are a culmination of air or thought in its most destructive capacity. And we need to look clearly at what fears are being pointed out in the dream to determine which are truly based on possible reality or an imagined worst case scenario. The different types of people uh, tornado dreams might point to is, one, there might be a teenager in the house whose behavior is affecting the family unit, and often when dealing with teens, there's an element of fear that if you're too tough on them, that they'll run away or that they'll distance themselves emotionally. Either case can be the worst nightmare for a parent. Um, but what, what you want to do is, you know, deal with that child on their level and address the fear, and parent your child to the best of your ability without letting them walk on you or push you around, if that makes sense. Okay, they can also point to an individual with a stormy personality. Featured in these dreams would be people who are substance abusers, alcoholics, 
the emotionally or mentally unstable, or people with volatile personalities, people who are quick to anger uh, or who would have issues with managing their anger and have sudden outbursts, they can be pointed to in these dreams and further would point out how you're responding to these people. A lot of times, um, for instance, you could have a dream of a tornado and it might have something to do with um, an adolescent in your home whose behavior is destructive and unacceptable and you've done everything you can and then the next thing you see yourself climbing down a ladder which would be indicative of feelings of wanting to give up. So depending on what's happening around this, the central character of the dream, a lot of those symbols would tell you how you're responding and then offer a solution, um, be it hope, faith, or reach out to a third party for assistance. Okay. Whatever the situation, just know that your dream is based on your perception of what's going on, and our fears tend to amplify our personal projections of what might occur if we take action. But if we pull back, do nothing, and berate ourselves, we don't want to um, allow the situation to get worse without being proactive. So I have a, a an article on my blog about tornadoes, which is um, – it goes into deeper detail of everything I just said, and if you would like to review that, it's actually had about 200,000 hits, I believe, and the address for that is um, astraltrinity.blogspot.com. Astral Trinity was my old website where I was doing uh, dreams, and I had a message board and all that stuff, but it's long since um, been taken down. But I let the blog remain because so many people seem to find help from what little I have up there. Moving on. To rain. Previously, I said that water represents emotion. And depending on what you're looking at in the dream, you would have to take clues from the type of rain you're seeing. For instance, a gentle rain could indicate a gentle releasing of emotion or that you feel emotional about a situation, but you're pretty much on stable emotional ground. It can turn into heavy rain, which could indicate being overwhelmed emotionally by a situation or your your mental state in how to manage those emotions. If the rain is exceedingly heavy to where you really are overwhelmed in the dream by it, that's, a, that's an extreme indication of um, possible depression. And you want to take a look at... Um, how you're dealing or coping with the situation and perhaps consult with a medical professional on that. In other types of dreams, we have ice. So what we want to look at is water representing emotion transforms to ice, which naturally points to emotions that are frozen, frigid, detached, um, halted or arrested, or action. It's definitely pointing to feeling numb and unable to move. So a lot of times um, we'll see, like perhaps we're in a driving dream, where you're in a car and you're driving, and you'll see ice on the road or snow coming down. These would indicate that your emotions are frozen and that you're having difficulty moving forward. Snow could indicate perhaps someone in your life who has a cold-hearted nature or someone who 
quote-unquote buries them in, in themselves in something such as work to numb their emotions, depending on the scenario again. Um, it's because snow piles up, it can also indicate buried emotions. So we want to take a look at our emotional state and see what we're burying, see what we're pushing away. In other scenarios, snow tends to melt, creating a slush, which would then be an indication that you were beginning to let down your guard. Uh, storms, symbolic of mental challenges, arguments, disagreements, or environmental challenges or conditions. Either way, there is an indication of upheaval, however, depending on which type of storm and what's happening in the dream, that will give you an idea of how you're coping with it and what to do. Thunder and lightning. These are generally associated with quick and uncontrollable outbursts. It could also point to sudden flashes of insight. I've also seen scenarios where someone is putting a lot of pressure on themselves to make an inspired decision. For instance, people who have a choice to make, do I move to a different state or do I stay where I am? You can, you can have so many different scenarios where lightning is just chasing you as you're running on the ground. It's it's pretty interesting. Um, thunder and lightning. Let me continue. Intuition is also indicated by thunder uh, by lightning. Uh, thunder being the message. A loud noise like that would indicate a message. It could also indicate clashes of different people in your life, like you or someone else, or clashes in your belief system where you are thinking one thing and doing another and you're not being true to yourself. And then also it could be a message from your own higher self on where to go in your life. Tsunamis. Tsunamis are interesting. And in my research and my um, in, in my applying of the ideas that I have about tsunamis, I can equate it loosely with tornadoes, where tornadoes are talking about the fear of losing a specific family member. Tsunamis, in my observation, point to the loss of the or loss or damage of the entire unit. And a lot of times, people will feel overwhelmed by a sense of guilt. So I feel that guilt is a large component in these dream scenarios, especially the ones that I've interpreted for my dreamers. And when we look at a tsunami dream, a lot of times what you what you will see is perhaps standing on the edge uh, of a landmass, and there is this huge tidal wave coming, and you it the primary. And the most frightening aspect of the dream is the fear you experience while watching this huge wave about to overwhelm you. But there are different ways it lands and there's different degrees of damage that it's caused. A lot of times that is the main message of the dream is to look at your fear and recognize that while it seems larger than you, it's unwarranted. Because a lot of the dreams, the tsunami will crash but it doesn't do a whole lot of damage or everybody in the dream finds their way to safety. I did one dream where this gentleman, I said, did you have a separation, not just from one member, but an entire, the entire unit of your family through either moving away a far distance or some other sudden change? And he, he indicated that, yes, he had moved to a different country. So then as we talked further about the dream, I got him to see that his fear 
that the family would be broken because of his absence, because they depended on him. He was pretty much the father figure in his family dynamic, and a lot of people depended on him on a lot of different levels, whether emotionally, uh, financially, or just, you know, as a sibling. And everybody was having serious reactions to his decision to move away and pursue his career. But I, in talking to him, I did get him to see that once they got used to the idea that they would settle into a new dynamic and accept that he has to live his own life, he can't hold back just to make them feel comfortable in their own lives. A lot of times when we, when we make a change in our life, it affects the people around us because they then have to deal with the change that is activated in themselves as a result. And what I mean by that is if I make a decision to move away, let's say, you know, in my decision to move from Pennsylvania to Florida, I noticed a reaction that there was a lot of what are we going to do now because I willingly did so much to take care of the people around me. And in my moving to Florida, there were the there were a variety of reactions, and they then had to rethink about their relationship with me and my place in their life and what they were going to do in certain instances where I would normally be there to help out or to mediate. I am the middle of five children, and I noticed in my life a pattern of what I call, you know, monkey in the middle. I'm always in the middle. And I was always the peacemaker. I was always helping one side understand the perspective of another side and vice versa. Um, this is a repeat pattern in my life. And I, be, and I got very good at doing this. But I found, especially in making my decision to move to Florida, I found that people need to learn to get along with others on their own, and I discovered and determined that I wasn't helping as much as I thought. I was basically just smoothing things over. So in extracting myself from the equation, it forced certain people to learn to communicate better and be honest about their feelings and form a a stronger bond with each other without my, I want to say mediation, but I think sometimes if those of, of you listening, if, if some of you are prone to do that, a lot of times that can be seen as interference or it can be twisted around and called interference even though that was not your intention. And sometimes people in our position, uh, middle children or the peacemakers of the family, we can be falsely accused of being controlling or other um, not very nice Um, characteristics when all we're really doing is trying to help. But if you notice, when you take yourself out of the equation, you leave two people to their own devices, and you certainly don't want anyone to resort to violence. But in normal circumstances where it's basically arguing or discord, you you want to leave them to their devices to the extent that they can learn to communicate and build a stronger relationship with another. I think that's what most of us are here to learn. And for anybody who is good at guiding others in that respect, they have to be very astute at recognizing when to pull back. So getting back to the tsunami, the 
this overwhelming wave is about to take over either you or a group of people or an island, wherever you're standing. You want to take a look at what scares you the most and look at it calmly. Again, writing your feelings down so that you can gain a clear perspective, whether you have to pull back from a situation, get a breath of fresh air, put some distance so that you can get a better look at it. Look at your feelings and really look at the probable outcomes from a clear perspective that if, and I'll, I'll use this scenario, suppose you have, you have aging parents and you have a decision that, or an opportunity, suppose your spouse gets a really great job offer and that entails moving a far distance from your aging parents, then you would have to look at the the probability of something happening where you can't get to to them or it's difficult to get to them, especially in a case where they live in an area like Tornado Alley or where hurricanes are common and evacuation would be necessary. You know, just take a look at your fear and then go with the decision that is best for everyone concerned and trust that everything will work out. Trust is a major factor. I think I've said all I want to say about tidal waves. I think that's enough. Mostly dreams about the weather, especially in um, inclement weather. They basically teach us to maintain our, maintain our calm in the midst of conditions, and it generally suggests that inner peace is always the way. We have to have balance or even acceptance in a situation. I know there are a lot of situations that we really don't understand on an intellectual level, but I always say that understanding is not a prerequisite to acceptance. If we can accept a situation or a person as they are, then we can cultivate our own inner peace. We don't need to know the whys or or the history behind it because the history is so extensive going through generations and years of time to where, you know, the past always leads up to the present moment, and we don't know the contributing factors, whether it's uh, genetics or karma, family karma. There are so many scenarios. But in order to get over our struggles in life, we have to accept ourselves, other people, and situations as they are. A lot of situations, while tragic, they can be accepted in time when you're ready to do it. I would never suggest to anyone to rush into um, accepting a situation that they're grieving. You have to go through that process. But once you get to the level of acceptance that you can say, okay, well, my life has changed, but I'm going to move in this direction and approach it from this perspective so that I'm giving my chance a my, I'm giving myself a chance to be happy. That's what we want to focus on. Several scenarios in dreams with the weather can also point to detachment, where sometimes we become, as I was saying earlier, numb to a situation or emotionally detached. Where um, a lot of, if a lot of times, detachment can be uh, symbolically represented by being on a dock over water where a dock is suspended over water, so we suspend our emotions so we don't have to deal with them. It could point to um, 
lacking empathy in a situation toward an individual or uh, a scenario, sometimes we just turn off our feelings. And this is a very unhealthy state. It's very imbalanced. And the goal when seeking to be fully integrated or whole and achieving inner peace is to be balanced on all levels. I call them PEMS levels, physical, emotional, mental, or spiritual. Once we can balance on all these levels, we become fully integrated and we become a more full expression of ourselves. So that is always the goal in any situation. And like I always say, every path, forgiveness. So a lot of times in my interpretations, if I've done a line by line for you, I always have to go for what needs to be forgiven in the scenario because that is the message of most teaching dreams. When there is a lack of love or compassion, that will only continue the situation. And if you're struggling in a situation or trying to get away from it, the best thing to do to overcome it is to first accept it and then forgive it. And there are three steps to forgiveness. The first thing you want to do is forgive the situation itself. Understand that you may not be consciously aware of all of the factors that contributed to it. Just know that the situation in itself is worthy of forgiveness so that you can grant yourself peace. Then you want to forgive, extend forgiveness to other parties involved. Finally, the final step of forgiveness is to forgive yourself for having misperceived. And that's not to accuse anyone of not seeing a situation for what it really is. I'm merely saying there's so many undercurrents to a situation. There's so many ways in which we contribute energetically to a situation, whether it's through our words or actions or through silence, which is still an action. We can be silent towards a situation and allow it to become worse and worse, and it snowballs until it gets to a point where arguing our, our points and defending ourselves is the only way to get through it. But when we forgive ourselves for having misperceived anything about a situation, it then allows you, in my terms, in, in the verbiage I like to use, is it allows you to look at yourself, the other, and the situation through the eyes of God. Allow God to reveal the truth to you. But the only way he can do that is when your heart is open. When there is lack of forgiveness or lack of love, that shuts the heart down. This is an unnatural state for the heart center to be in. It was created to process love and energy and do it properly. And in the fight or flight reaction, when dealing with emotions or um an emotionally painful situation, we tend to shut the heart down. This is very detrimental on several levels. Number one, you're not dealing with the emotion. You're burying it. This will increase your levels of stress. And when we are stressed, the chemicals that come from the adrenal glands in response to the stress are coursing through our veins and they lend to heart disease because there's too much in your system. So you want to reduce your stress by being more open to experiencing your emotions. The best way to clear them is to allow your emotions, their energy, they're just forms of energy 
in response to your thoughts. And energy is built to constantly be moving. So when we stifle our emotions, we're locking them in and blocking them from being released. And this will, like I said, increase your stress level. It will um, affect the body in different areas depending on where you're burying it. For instance, anger sits in the liver. And if you're going to stifle your anger, you're going to experience some type of um, issue in and around the liver because where it sits most naturally. It can happen in other areas, like I was saying, in in the heart center. Um, But I wanted to be specific about a body part and an emotion. There are many others, and there's too much to go into in this brief segment. Um, But I think you get what I'm saying. But the heart is designed to process emotion, and the best way to heal from a painful situation is to open your heart and allow that energy to be experienced, to be released. And that's the only way you're going to get it out. And there's a lot, um, a lot more to add to that. But this is basically all the time we have today. I covered everything I pretty much wanted to cover. I can be a lot more thorough when I have a chance to collect my thoughts and write it in an article format, which I will be doing a lot more of in the near future, and um, sharing information with regard to um, everything I discuss on the air so that it's concise and in a format that you can print out and maybe keep for yourself to uh, refer to if you should need it. Again, the name of the book that I recommend with regard to synchronicities is Everyday Oracles by Anne Bollinger McQuaid, available on Amazon. It's It's been in on the Amazon's top 100 list um, very steadily. It's about decoding the divine messages that are all around us. So before I go, let me just say a few words on synchronicities. I always, in my classes, um, encourage my participants and students to keep a log. Of course, we want to keep a journal. Um, It's always very therapeutic and and cathartic to keep a journal, but I always encourage others to keep a synchronicities log, and this is the reason why. Much like keeping a dream journal where, of course, you know, the the first um, piece of advice anybody will give you in how to better remember your dreams is to keep a dream journal – And write down anything you remember. But when something in waking life happens that seems random or coincidental, a lot of us have heard nothing is random and there is no such thing as coincidence. And I believe that everything happens for a reason and it's reflecting, as I said at the top of the show. Let me tell you what um, Anne Bollinger McQuaid says about synchronicities in her book to give you a very clear idea. I love the way she puts this. It's on page 31, and it states, Synchronicity is a term coined by the famed psychologist Carl Jung, who believed in an underlying order to the universe that manifested itself through meaningful coincidences. The term was inspired by an event that occurred during one of Jung's psychotherapy sessions with a patient who was at an impasse with her treatment. The previous night, this woman had dreamed of a golden scarab beetle. During the session the next day, an insect smashed into Jung's cabinet. He caught it and discovered, to his surprise, that it was a golden scarab, a very rare insect in that climate. The significance wasn't merely the coincidental appearance of the hard-shelled creature following the patient's dream. Jung knew it had a deeper meaning. From his knowledge of ancient esoteric philosophies, he knew that the golden scarab beetle symbolized encouragement and the ability to overcome hurdles. He knew that his patient would move past her obstacles with flying colors. I will also add that gold is the color of cosmic consciousness. So you might think of synchronicities as coincidences with a purpose, coincidences with a purpose. 
like all personal oracles, they guide us, deliver information when we most need it, and in the process, illuminate the interconnectedness of all. If you take a moment, you might even recall some synchronicities that have played out in your life. If not, here are examples to jog your memory. And she goes on to talk about all of these really cool situations where it just seemed coincidental, but it really helped um, people. Um, it saves one person from danger. Um, another person got a message from a hummingbird, and that's one of my totems. I get messages from hummingbirds, um, other animals, and I look at everything in a symbolic sense. I've been doing this for so long, for so many years. Rarely can I stop myself from looking around me and seeing what's happening. And I see that as a response to my thoughts or, or my emotions. And you can learn to do this, and I will help everybody. Um, if you want to learn, um, tune into the, to these segments on dreams, and, and I want to incorporate synchronicities into them because they're so closely related and so, I don't want to say easily explainable, because they're so explainable in terms of um, that what is being reflected. I want to help everybody to learn how to view the events of their lives in such a way that they get the message, because as Anne talks about in the book, and I did have a segment with her to go to the archives. It was a fabulous segment. She's wonderful. Um, but guidance is all around us, and that's what she's saying in this book. It comes in so many different ways. It can come through other people. It can come through animals or nature. And even if you live in a city, you can get signs. Um, I know in large cities like Philadelphia and New York, um, critters, as I call them, are limited mostly in terms of pigeons and squirrels, sparrows, you know, those types of things. And then you have your insect kingdom. And it might be difficult to um, decipher a lot of what's coming at you. You just you have to work a little harder in a city. Uh, I once had, when I lived in Philadelphia, I once had a raven following me around for the better part of a day. And it was really interesting. Um, and I went to visit a relative and the raven was sitting on, on the roof of a nearby home, and it was watching me, and it had followed me for a good ten blocks. So I went to visit with a relative, and I was there for about an hour, and when I came out, the raven was still there. And the relative is not into this stuff and what I'm into. So, what, you know, I, I can't always speak freely around family members. Um, but it was so obvious that it was watching me that the person was open to the idea that the raven was, in fact, watching me. So when I got home, I uh, came home to a message on my answer machine to call her. And when I called her back, she said that that raven watched me the entire time I was walking down the street and then watched me turn the corner and then took off and followed me. And, and I noticed him all the way home, too. So, of course, I'm going to turn to Ted Andrews, my, my good buddy who wrote Animal Speak, and absorb all the information I can about ravens, ravens and their possible um, characteristics and interpretations of, of, of what their presence in my life would mean. And, of course, it was dead on, um, especially with regard to my um, coming out as a psychic in my neighborhood and to friends and family and feeling trepidation about that. So it was very helpful to learn about the magic of ravens in terms of embracing who I was and gaining confidence in that and, and trusting that embracing who I was would give me a sense of purpose and would not cause me 
humiliation and harm. So um, the book is fantastic. If you want to pick that up, um, I will probably refer to this um, frequently. And I would like to have Anne back on. I'm going to give her a call. But I want to refer to that uh, frequently in my talks about synchronicities. And I would encourage everybody to get the book. Um, again, dream interpretation. Um, call in with your dream. Send me your dreams. You can, you can now submit a dream on my WordPress blog, which is Spiritual Insights Radio. WordPress.com. You can submit it through the website. You can ask questions. Uh, there's a lot that we can do. Um, let me see. I have a, a, a little bit of time, maybe 15 minutes. I'm going to take one call, and then that'll be it for the day. Um, but we'll see what we can talk about. Hi, you're on the air. What's your name? My name is Kathy. How are you? Kathy, how you doing? <laughs> What's up? What's up, girl? I'm just so, I'm down so looking at the new building. <laughs> what new building? What what is that? Yeah, we're moving, and so I had to go check it out. At work? Yes. Oh, good. Is it nice? Yeah. Oh, pretty nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so are, are, did, did you anybody call? In? Anybody call? What? <laughs> did you just tune in, and or did you have a, a question? I, I was talking a lot about weather, and um, there's this awesome book on synchronicity. Do you know what synchronicities are? Yes, because I get like three, three, threes all the time. Yeah, that's Four, good stuff. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they have so, so many ways. So I just rattled on about synchronicities and weather and, and stuff like that and gave some information and some encouragement on how to deal with some emotional situations. Uh, but largely, these segments are about dreams, but because I interpret for people, I get I get phone calls all the time um, from friends like, oh, this happened or I saw that. And in a recent segment, a woman called in and said her son saw an owl. And it was pretty freaky because the first caller, her name was Kimberly, before I went to sign off the air, I said, I need to talk to Kimberly again. Something was telling me get her back on the air. So I got her back on the air. I said, what did you think of that, Kimberly? And she was freaking out because she said it feels like this whole segment is aimed at me. Because yesterday, I went to a store, and I saw something, and I was captivated by it and had to buy it, and it happened to be a white owl, which is what the second caller's son saw the day before, and it all tied together. So it was pretty cool. So I encourage everybody to keep a log of this stuff because it's so rich in meaning. But, you know, when I I see numbers, I'm not really thinking about, like, angels or anything. I guess they're trying to give me messages. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's, it's an aspect of your conscious awareness. And then three, um, largely indicates creativity, um, how we interact with others. Let me check out my numbers. Um, the Holy Trinity. Mm-hmm. Um, spiritual messages, uh, our connection to spirit and our, our the depth of our belief. It is the number of the inner self and divine feminine. There's that creative aspect, um, the aspect of ourselves that should be nurtured and expressed to find our inner joy, uh, associated with great strength because it combines elements of the number one and the number two. So with each number as it graduates to the next number, contains all of the energy of the previous numbers, making it that much more impactful. But it can represent um, synthesis or, or symbiosis, like when... Maybe you're, if you're in a new relationship or in a new venture, like you have a new building, 
So you have three compounded by two more threes. So it could be like a symbiotic relationship of embracing something new into your life that would further enhance your success and creative power. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. Uh Mm -hmm. It could also point to like third dimension, like um, keeping yourself grounded. Like, yes, we're spiritual beings, but always remember to be grounded. Um, Involvement with an association, the nurturing of children, um, artistic pursuits, but it also can represent your approach to life in your changing perception. So it's always that movement of ideas in our minds and creative expression that embrace what's happening now. So it's a, a very strong number for like the power of now and being grounded and trusting in the events of your life. Does that make but sense? I just, yeah, and I just read this article today that said we're in the fifth dimension. I'm hearing a lot about the fifth dimension. I'm going to have some people on to talk about it. Um, I'd like to send you this email, too. It's sure, really yeah. interesting. Yeah. Fire it over. Do you have my email address? Uh, I was going to get off the website, but if you want to give it to me. Sure, spiritualinsightsradio at gmail.com. That's, okay. It's cool for everybody to have it. You know, just give me time to get back to you if you send me an email. <laughs> uh-huh. Oh, my God. Yeah, I, 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 I have a lot about- of emails. Also talking about the lunar eclipse, which started mm-hmm. uh, today, was today, and yes. um, we're going to have a solar eclipse on October 23rd. Yes, and and Mercury is retrograde. Um, yes. And I'll be honest, it's kicking my butt. So I want mm-hmm. everybody to be very mindful of, of details in their lives and check your bills and be very careful about assuming that something is done when it's not. Um, Be very clear in your communication. It's going to be pretty intense, according to Susan Miller at uh, astrologyzone.net, but she said it won't be as intense as the one in the spring, which, thank God, because that was pretty tough. But I like to um, take these opportunities when Mercury is retrograde to kind of slow down, regroup, reorganize, recharge my battery, and then redirect, and then... Um, once I do that, by, hopefully by the first of the year, I'll have some pretty major announcements to make. I'm working well, hard just, here. Just, just when I try to call you, my buttons got stuck on my cell phone, and that never happened. Take it as a sign, because <laughs> a lot of times when I'm on the phone talking with someone and something really impactful or profound is being spoken about, the phone goes dead. And (laughs) they'll say, I've never had a problem with this phone. This has never happened before. And it's happened to me so often since I started the show. I don't like to, I don't like to like in my daily thoughts, think about demons and all this goofy stuff, but there are negative entities. And, and, and I do feel, especially if like, if I'm going through my day and I keep tripping and bumping into stuff or I feel a hand pushing me, it's like, okay. And then I can, I can defend myself um, psychically um, with various techniques, but there are entities that do try to stop you from reaching out and helping others. So sometimes I'll experience computer problems or um, I discovered um, a way to clear out your energy in your home is to ring a bell. And I have this beautiful glass bell that I've had for about 25 years. It's got etched glass in it. 
and it's traveled everywhere with me, and it's never been damaged. And this started happening with me getting dropped from the show up to seven times in an episode. So I said, all right, something's doing this, and I'm going to just rarefy the air, start spraying my salt water, ringing the bell every day. And the next thing you know, there's a crack in that bell. I didn't ring it too hard. It's just a very delicate thing. But now it's cracked, and you have to be um, diligent in protecting yourself from negative energy. But, yeah, I would definitely say that that was a minor case of what I'm talking about to stop you from mm-hmm. calling it. Yeah, very uh, well, interesting. Well, you pushed ahead and did it anyway. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> very determined. Yeah, how did you like your uh, reading with Joni last night? I did. I'm, I loved it. I'm going to continue it tonight. Oh, really? You, you, you booked a session? Uh-huh. You're going to love it. She's awesome. She sounded, she, she sounded awesome. She is. And very knowledgeable, and I love her personality. You know, her personality is great. So you're going to have a, a really impactful session with her. I'm happy for you. I, I love the way she can read the body. Isn't that cool? Yeah. 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 It's um, it's like a remote viewing, and um, we decided that we're going to do one. We're going to do three segments on a topic to accommodate as many people as possible. Um, there were so many more people we didn't even get to, and and she did at least twelve readings yesterday in that two hours. So we're going mm-hmm. to do one more segment on that topic, and I encourage everybody to call in. You can call in starting fifteen minutes prior to the air go uh, the show going live on the air and get in there and secure your spot and we're going to do one more on sexuality and fertility and anything dealing with that and then after that we're going to deal with uh, the topic of addictions in its many forms whether it's uh, substances or alcohol but also food um, sex um, hoarding all these oh different... that's me wait a minute yeah. I, gotta, I gotta get on that show <laughs> mm-hmm. hoarding um, you know uh-huh. compulsive behavior and so what she's going to do is she's going to tap in like she does and try to get to the root cause of it and if she's led to do a healing she'll do that um and of I'm course gonna ask, i'm going to yeah. ask her that tonight thank you <laughs> oh yeah go ahead and yeah. you'll have the privacy but um there's different you know so many different things that we're addicted to like um uh what video games I don't I don't play video games. I don't have time for games, but people are so addicted to like their portable devices and their phones and Twitter and social media um you know, television, different scenarios like that. So if anybody has any kind of compulsion that's having a, a negative effect on your lifestyle, call in and Joni's going to see what she can do to get in there, determine the root cause, whether it's this life or a past life. And do her best to help you. I think it's going to be really phenomenal. I really yeah, do. I, I agree. I agree. I mean, I could not believe all the people that I called yesterday. Because I, I was going to hang up because it was getting late. For, it was time for me to leave. And I said, wow, this is a popular subject. Yes. Um and they're all and they're all waiting. A lot of the a lot of you because you were you were one of the last callers, weren't you? Yeah, it's the very yeah, last. and and I, I can see nine minutes. I, yeah, <laughs> I I see. I know, right? I see all the numbers and how long they're holding. So that's why I try to keep the show moving. Mm-hmm. Because I could see I didn't recognize your number right off the bat, but I could see 
that, you know, 59 minutes waiting is a long time. And so um, we try to crank them out and, and get that done. But to explore this fully and help as many people as we can, we'll do three segments, once in um, December, one in January, one in February. And I think we can help a lot of people. It's going to be really cool. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. Well, when you talk to Joni, tell her I said hi. I will. I will. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate you calling in to, to chat with me. And okay. I guess I'll, I guess I'll be talking to you soon. <laughs> yeah, you will. You will. <laughs> I appreciate it. You're a dear. Thank you so much, Kathy. Okay, bye-bye. Talk to you later. All right, everybody, that's our show for today. I hope you enjoyed this segment. And if you have any questions um, about anything I spoke about, send me an email, spiritualinsightsradio at gmail.com, or submit it through my WordPress blog, spiritualinsightsradio.wordpress.com, and I will address as many as possible. Thank you so much. Until next time, God bless, and be at peace.